What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome back. You're listening to The Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. Got a return visitor today. We're shooting from my restaurant, Della, in Brooklyn, and that's what this whole show is going to be about. New York is back, baby! New York is back. Definitely. It sure is. So uh, I want to kick off today with a quote that I I read um, early on in the, the pandemic. Um, when everybody was saying, you know, New York is dead, everybody's leaving. And it, this is an old quote. It's, it may have been even 100 years old. Somebody penned it a long time ago. I can't remember who it was. Sorry, buddy. can't remember your name, but I don't think you're around anymore anyways. <laughs> and it was something to the effect of, the obituary of New York has been written many times, but it's always been proven wrong. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. So that was like kind of fuel for me early on uh, in the pandemic. And, uh, and, and I know you had a... a a similar mindset uh, with that we'd like to welcome back to the show compass real estate broker we'll talk about more about that in a minute <laughs> tyson lewis he was on um last june june of 2020 we did it remotely i was saying it was crazy i was i was crazy yeah i was learning how to use i didn't even i'd never used zoom before zoom. or whatever it was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh I was sitting at the bar. We did it remotely, but it was it was the Friday before they opened. Whatever I think it was like phase two, and real estate agents were able to go back into showing, and um, <coughs> restaurants were allowed for the first time to seat outdoors. It was the first time we'd been able to do That's anything right. other than uh, just takeout. And I just remember doing that show. We were talking all about that. How like. Oh, it's exciting! New York is—you know—we're getting a little sliver of life back, and announcing that like Monday restaurants could open up outdoor dining. And as soon as we got done with the show, I walked out front, and two of the restaurants across the street were already setting up their outdoors. And I was like, "Oh no, did I miss well, something? That's Am I, I wrong?" That's when I yelled at you about the outdoor space. <laughs> right. I was like, "What are you doing, man? Let's go!" Yeah, but it, only one of them. One was just getting prepared. They were just getting the layout set up. The other one actually went forward and started seating. Uh, a couple days early outside they just didn't care and I remember being out there and a cop car pulled up and everybody got kind of tense because it was packed and the cops walked up to the window and they were like are you here to shut us down they're like no we want some food and I, was like, okay. <laughs> I was like man man that was close nobody cared everybody needed to get back to some yeah. semblance of normalcy even if it was outdoor seating and those guys had been closed too like they were one of the only ones that actually closed for a couple months and they had just come back and yeah. yeah they just scramble and and get some money together. So last time we talked, you were with Halstead. That's right. And and you switched mid-pandemic. I moved from Halstead. Well, Halstead no longer exists. It oh, was acquired really? by another company, the um, ah. sister company, but it Halstead ceased to exist. And uh, I took that opportunity to move to Compass, which was something that uh, my team and I had been contemplating for some time. Um, and so it was kind of a natural time to do that. It was a little bit weird to come to a new company uh, when none of the offices are open, you know, all the people I'd met who had brought me onto this company, I'd never met in person. It's all through Zoom, so it's it was a very odd, you know, that's surreal so type of thing. And it feels yeah. like it's so long ago. I mean, I've only been there; it's not even a year yet. Yeah, it seems like so long ago. It's funny because those those uh, things are still playing out. Where we had a, a private event uh, for BAM here last week, and people had been hired in the middle of the pandemic and they'd still been completely remote yeah. and at the last minute Bam was like alright take your teams out and like treat them to like a small a small party they couldn't do like a big company wide party but the teams are maybe like 
25, 30 people. So they're like, all right, you can do this. Here's your budget, go out. And so every, everybody fractioned off and went to their, their favorite places. And so they're rolling in here and people had ne never met. You know, they hadn't met each other yet. They'd only seen each other because, yeah. uh, you know, a couple people were hired in the middle of it. And he's like, walked in, like, oh, that's what you walk like. That's what you look like. You're that tall? You're that short? Like, it's We pretty, have a dedicated marketing consultant. Um, one of the great things about that company is they have a lot of marketing consultants and they only handle a handful of agents. And we've been working with this person for, I mean, we'd have like 50 meetings on Zoom or one of those, you know, Google Meet or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we met with her two weeks ago for the very first time in person. And it was like we'd known each other for a year and yeah. been through the trenches with really trying to ramp up marketing coming out of COVID. And, um, and then it was like sitting across the table from her. I, I felt a little awkward. I was like, hi. <laughs> this is what I would look like. Were you like, you smell good. <laughs> <laughs> it was odd, but. It is odd. It's so strange. But we're, we're coming out of it. Yeah. Which feels good. Um, and so last year, you know, was a strange year, I think, for everybody. Um, but we were talking about it the other day, um, how usually the summertime is kind of slow for real estate. But last last year was super busy for yeah. real estate. And so in, a couple of interesting things. Tyson didn't even know about this. I just brought it up. And he was like, what are you talking about? So just recently, the Wall Street Journal featured uh, two neighborhoods in an article, kind of pitted them against each other in terms of how things played out for them during the pandemic. And one of them happened to be Windsor Terrace, which is where my restaurant's located and where Tyson does a lot of a lot of his business, um, versus the Lower East Side and saying how, you know, the Lower East Side average rents and property values dropped. Uh, there were way more vacancies. Um, where a neighborhood like Windsor Terrace was oversaturated, bid bidding wars were going up, the average price of a rental or um, a, a home purchase went up, and businesses, I don't want to say they thrive, but we have more businesses now in Windsor Terrace than we did in February of 2020. There, were, there was not a lot of vacant space, certainly not vacant apartments or, or houses. Things were flipping real quick, right? Right. And the, I mean... The pandemic, we can all agree, is horrible for so many reasons. But um, relatively speaking, Brooklyn did quite well um, compared to the most of the rest of the city. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were, you know, everyone was reading stories or hearing stories about everybody fleeing Manhattan. Or they'd say they're fleeing the city, they're fleeing the city. Right. They weren't fleeing the city, they were fleeing Manhattan. And only certain parts. And, and really, <laughs> they weren't. They were leaving temporarily because I think a lot of people of means left temporarily and now we're seeing them all come back yeah. a lot of them come back um, and so that that was a little bit of an overblown thing uh, Manhattan is actually surging right now and, uh, but yeah for sure the rental market in Manhattan took a huge hit the, the sales market took a, a really significant hit um, but Brooklyn we are the suburbs of the city just like Connecticut and New Jersey and Long Island blew up in terms of residential real estate, we definitely blew up. And we had a, a, a big migration of buyers who were living in Manhattan, uh, who wanted to still be in striking distance of the city. They didn't know what was going to happen with their jobs right. this year, whether they're going back full time or one meeting a week or whatever. Uh, so they wanted to be you know, within commutable distance, but they don't want to be in the city. So here they all came to Brooklyn, and Windsor Terrace is like a perfect... Park Slope, Windsor Terrace, Greenwood Heights, Sunset Park, these neighborhoods, you know, you can get a townhouse for 
two to three million dollars, and so you had people. It's chump change. Yeah, who would not bat an eye at spending three million dollars <laughs> at a three-bedroom condo? You know, now are like, wow, I get a whole house for that. Sure, Backyard, and so that was really yeah. fired up the market. Um, you know, our uh, our team and I'll, we heard a lot of other teams did an amazing business in two thousand twenty as a result of that. Yeah, um, and the rental market here did suffer a little bit, but. Recently, it's been better than I've seen it in years. So I had this conversation with a couple at the bar last night. They hadn't been in in over a year. Um, it was because they moved from Windsor Terrace to Park Slope because they got more space outdoor for cheaper rent than they were paying here. So parts of even Brooklyn that were, and that was, you know, Park Slope was one of the, the higher rent areas, yeah. you know, along with Williamsburg and like Brooklyn Heights and Dumbo, places like that. You know, you would expect to pay top market value anywhere in Park Slope and, and they said they were they just got a better deal so they went for it and it was funny because there was more inventory there too what's that more inventory yeah. there for sure because same thing I think people that there were people that, that were living there who had the means to take off and come back whenever they wanted to because it's just a more and high profile just because of the nature of the architecture I mean for those people who are watching who don't know Windsor Terrace it's it, it is predominantly um, townhouses yeah and twelve foot wide wood frames. <laughs> yeah, and most of those are not rental properties. They're yeah. they're properties that people live in. Uh, so there just aren't that many apartment buildings. Whereas Park Slope does have a lot more of those. Right. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. They said too. They uh, they ended up signing a seventeen month lease because they signed in December, which is a good time. Like if you're, if it, it puts more power in the the, the renters. The rentees? What do you, how do you say that? The, the person trying to get the lease, because summertime is the really things really the leasey. <laughs> yeah, that, the summertime's when things really flip around here. So they got in at a time where it's like not many people are moving in December, and they they were forced to sign a 17 month lease so that it flipped again in the summertime when the the landlord either could offer them the same place for higher rent, or if they took off, they could they could go big on that. So yeah, our landlords are usually trying to get out of a spring to spring schedule or it's early summer. Uh, it's been a little wacky the last year. <laughs> I mean, going back to what you said earlier, the, the seasonality of our business, a real estate business, has really changed in the last year. Probably will go back to normal, yeah. but last year it was completely gone. Um, typically, August is the slowest month of the year, and then there's a you know slow period around the holidays at the end of the year. But August is slow. I mean, anybody, you know, if you're familiar with the neighborhoods around Park Slope and Windsor Terrace, they empty out. People leave. They all run for Parking wherever they go. Parking spots everywhere, right? Yeah, you can park wherever you want. You can get a seat at any table. It's great. No way to um, no It's not great, but it's, it's not great for you. <laughs> <laughs> I used to think it was great. I loved it before I went to restaurants. I was like, man, you can go anywhere. There's no way. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> But yeah, so you know, I'd, I'd tell anyone if they want to sell their home, I'd be like, and it was July, you know, fifteenth. I'd be like, can you wait till September? Wait till the kids get back into school. Wait till the you know cools down a little bit. People get back to business. But last year um, was August was insane. We had just opened up. We they would allow us to start showing again at the end of July, and there were there was just a ton of inventory and. People were sick of being stuck in their houses and they're out looking at real estate. We had an insane August. So, you know, a lot of the typical patterns of this business have been flip flopped or disrupted. Disrupted. But 
this year it seems like I have a I have a feeling this August is going to be slower than ever. Yeah. Because nobody could travel last year. Nobody spent any money on traveling. Nobody could do anything. Now they're all like, let me get out of here. Yeah. I don't even care where I go or how much it costs me. I'm, I'm seeing the signs too. It was the same for us. Like August is typically our slowest month of the year, and last year it was one of our best months. Not saying much. It wasn't great, oh, you know, overall speaking, but it, for the year it was. But I'm already starting to see the signs of, like, yeah, I'm summer's, summer's past. But we'll see. August and, is starting early this year, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so August is starting. It certainly feels like it outside. Oh, It's, it's okay, uh, because, honestly, I mean, for me, we had a, a maybe, like, six, eight months worth of activity crammed into the last few months. Right. And it's been so busy. I yeah. mean, you look at, you talk to Same. any real estate agent, any real estate attorney, anyone in that business, we're all, you know, just hanging on for dear yeah. life. And we all have dark circles in our eyes. And, um, you know, it, I think it's not the worst thing if we slow down for a second yeah. and take a breath. It's It's been the same for me. And I agree. It's a little... But you know, still trying to get staff back. Um, it's probably similar in your industry too. Certain people are just trying to get things checked off. You're probably doing a few more things than you would have in the past. I am. Yeah. Um, I don't mind it. I don't but mind either. But it's like after a, after a while, you're like, okay, now I mean, that's time to outsource. It's Definitely. interesting. I mean, staffing is not really a big thing in my business, but uh, from what I'm hearing from all my friends in the restaurant world and, yeah. and other businesses. Um, I was talking to my friend that manages Fletcher's Barbecue and he said, we can't, he said, I'm, I'm working like shifts. I can't, we can't, we don't have enough people to do the things that need to be done, the basic things. We, you know, we just, it's not even, we can't find people. I tried to call them on Father's Day. They were, they were like, we're not taking any more orders. It's seven they're, they're saying that I'm hearing that <laughs> yeah. all over the place. Um, yeah. Same. It's so. good. It's a good problem to have, but I guess so. trying to work that out. All right, we're going to take our first break. Hang tight, everybody. We'll be back in just a minute. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, live, 8 p.m. Eastern, on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m. So tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
everybody. Welcome back again. We're talking uh, with Compass real estate broker Tyson Lewis. He's essentially based out of the Windsor Terrace Park Slope area in uh, Brooklyn, but does work all over the city as well as Connecticut right. and anywhere else. South That's Beach. enough. <laughs> That's enough. Beverly Hills. Uh, I mean, in Manhattan a lot lately because there's just a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah. We're, we're seeing a lot of renters going back there to take advantage of those rates yeah. we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So, and I almost didn't. I was just like, wow, maybe I should just go <laughs> over there. Just, just get that 32, 32nd floor penthouse with, with the pool. pool. Yeah. yeah. Just for a little while. Just just a little bit. Take the chance. Anyway, yeah. But um, Brooklyn. Mainly Brooklyn. Mainly Brooklyn. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I'm talking about how New York is back. New York is on fire. It's hot. It's really hot today. It's really hot. <laughs> Physically. It's and, but it, it, it is really like pumping back up. It almost like... I'd say 90% of the day feels normal. Like, and, and we were even talking in the last segment how the, the, the business cycle and the flow uh, is more reminiscent of uh, summer's past where you start to see certain neighborhoods empty out. Uh, there's parking spots everywhere, fewer lines and waits at, at restaurants. Um, so, and, and, and you even mentioned this one might be a deeper plunge than we've seen in the past just because of all that pent up energy and people couldn't travel People, uh, a, a lot of people, you know, some a lot of people certainly were laid off or or experienced reduced income. But I think a plus lot of people, people don't have to work the way they used to. People, yeah. so many people can work remotely, they, so yeah. they can take, they can take a longer can, vacation yeah. and be somewhere and still make money, right? It doesn't impact them uh, uh, financially in a negative <coughs> way. But I think a lot of people also just saved. A lot of people like had no idea what was going on. Like, well, we better like be smart with our money, and now we're coming out, and it's like, oh, okay, we have some cash. We can take that trip that we always wanted to take. Um, so I, I agree. I think we're going to see a lot of trouble. But, um, you know, I mentioned it uh, just before the show started, you know, how real estate agents occupy this, like, really um, interesting space in the in the, the, the city panorama, the, the, you know, the way you experience this city different than other people because you're involved in, you know, residential rentals, residential sales, commercial rentals, commercial sales. You have to get to know each of these communities yeah. where you're where you're doing business, and it's not just one. It's not like you're in Windsor Terrace, you only sell in Windsor Terrace, and you have to just get to know this neighborhood. You have to do that across the city, so you get involved in in a lot of the aspects of it, and, and especially somebody like you, so, you know, you're a musician as well, so you've got these interests, uh, food and beverage. You're quite the aficionado. I'm uh, quite interested in food, and um, and as of late has uh, become a student of Muay Thai. That's yeah, <laughs> so, true. You know, you, you're you're probably starting to even like yeah. You probably have to know like where are the gyms, you know, where are the good places to eat, where do people get <coughs> cheap food, where do people get like the more high end stuff. If you want craft beer, you go here. And there's like three liquor stores. What's your favorite? Like you have to get involved in all of those things. Sure. How have things? How does it? You know, co- I, mean, I mean, compared to a year ago, <laughs> what's it like now? I mean, a year ago, when people were 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 buying homes like sight unseen. Did you have to talk about that as much as as you normally would? I don't even remember what was happening. It was like this weird dream that happened. Um, I mean, for 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 me, for and this is I you know our whole team is about this. We we we're never just selling a property right. or renting a property. We're really selling a lifestyle. We're selling the area. You know surrounding that property in New York you know we don't spend all the time inside of our homes like you might in the suburbs or something but right. so so yeah it's just part of the natural part of the business to know 
you know where the trains are where the where I'm actually kind of bad with the trains because I drive everywhere so I, I get caught all the time but I think, I think the trains are pretty bad but uh, <laughs> but yeah you want to know where your local you know high-end restaurant low end like casual stuff you know where the you know the best entrance to the park is where and all those things and so I you know f- for sure we still I never believed that this pandemic would be forever I don't think any of us did um, and so I I'm for sure we would continue talking about the amenities that were around, but I guess maybe a little more guarded because we didn't know what amenities would still be around when all this, right. what would survive and what wouldn't. Um, but we can talk in in general, a general sense about the area. You know, like if I was talking about Wizard Terrace, I would say you know there, it's a little bit farther walk to you know, it's a little quieter in the center of the neighborhood, a little farther walk to some of the the. Uh, the amenities and restaurants. There's a strip on Prospect Avenue that has great restaurants and 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 shopping. Yeah, <laughs> but Check, um, checks in the mail. You know, or or <laughs> if it was a you know a buyer who wanted to be just in the heart of all the action. You know, we would talk about it that way. Um, and no, right now, I mean, just just today, I was talking to a buyer and mentioning names, restaurant names specifically. I probably wouldn't have done that so much. Last year, except I would have mentioned yours, of course, of course, because you fueled the community. Remember, you're supposed to say the pesto is great three times. The pesto is so good. Um, it hurts. So that was going to be my next question. What's it like now versus like two <coughs> years ago? Now are you like, well, this place is very, you know, sensitive to everybody's, you know, uh, concerns about uh, public safety, where like, this place, they kind of do what they want. Is the is the the dialogue a little different this year? Now yes. that now that things kind of feel back to normal, but like the, it seems like the discussion always kind of like finds its way there. Yeah, there's there's a little bit of that. We have to be careful, right? Because we say one thing and it's different two weeks later. Then then they come back and they yell at us. <laughs> kind of like the restrictions, right? Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> so. why they don't like us to talk about schools because the deal. The Department of Education can change the zoning anytime they want. So, I sell you a home today because you want to be in a certain school, and then halfway through our transaction, they change that. Then, which happened? Then who gets yelled at? It happened. It was a big deal. Yeah, Uh, it was a it was a huge deal actually. Uh, People got sued. It was a bad thing. Um, But um, yeah, so we were a little cautious about that. But you know, certainly, I have specifically said, you know, like this place was open throughout the pandemic. Uh, they were so nice and so cool and taking care of the their community and it was a place where a lot of people gathered outside and um, this one really got me through and you know that that kind of thing but I I don't know um, I imagine agents all over the city are are having similar conversations so it may have gotten a little bit more intimate in terms of those interactions and and sharing those stories yeah and for sure you know it's it's tempting sometimes. If there's maybe a spot that you didn't have a great experience with in the neighborhood, it's tempting to like kind of like let people know that. But uh, at least for me, I don't like to go negative, and I yeah. try. I'm really careful to just you know point out the positives of. Yeah, and I don't mean area. in terms of that. I, I mean literally in terms of like places' responses. Uh, in terms of like. Well, it speaks to the resiliency of... and, yeah. you know, all those things. Like, were they were places, like, letting people cram in, you know, where you you knew, like, if you passed by Trader Joe's, you'd see that line out the door, 
and like the security guards. You know, I've been, never been to a Trader Joe's. You're not missing anything. <laughs> I've, I've never been to. I went to the one on 14th Street once. You know where I used to go was the the wine store, the Trader Joe's wine store on 14th Street because it's the only one in the state because of New York State liquor laws. You can only have one. Really? Yeah. So yeah. like, there can only be one juice box. There can only be one Kings County wine. There can oh, only I didn't be know one. That. Yeah, you can't you can't franchise uh, liquor stores um, the way you can like everything else. You can't you, you can't have multiple locations. You can have uh, one off premise liquor license in your name in New York State. That's it. So if you have a liquor store in your name anywhere in New York State, that's the only one you can have. You can't be involved in any other ones. You can have a liquor store and 17 bars and they don't care. But like you can only have one liquor store. Things we choose to care about. Yeah, I know, right? So like that's <coughs> the only Trader Joe's wine store in all of New York State. So I I would go there just because they, you know, they, they had a lot, of, a lot of things. You know, it was interesting. But yeah. Well, I haven't been in one, but definitely Trader Joe's is frequently voiced as a selling point for yeah. like proximity to Trader Joe's. Right. Whole Not foods. so much Whole Foods in the city for me. I haven't noticed as much, but certainly in the suburbs, it yeah. seems to be a thing. Um, and uh, yeah, Trader Joe's as much as a train station. Interesting. So, you know, my point being is like you, you could visibly see that they were monitoring how many people were coming into the store, making sure everybody had like proper uh, face coverings, where there was, you know, you would hear stories of other um, stores locally. There was just like, there was no real monitoring. People were packing in like a can of sardines, things like that. Were, were, were people asking those kind of questions? Not so much. Okay. Uh, um, I mean, I, I can't recall any specific conversations about that kind of thing. I'm sure it's happened, and I'm sure you know we're we're seen as agents as like kind of like boots on the ground in the locations where we work. Mm-hmm. So for sure, you know people ask all kinds of things, but I don't think we got that down in the weeds about the COVID stuff. That's good to, to hear yeah. that people are, you know, just still. If I was asked, it. I certainly would have done my best to answer. Right, <laughs> right, and and you all are, you know. Besides just like having to know everything in the community, also just like arbiters of personal brand in terms of, you know, that you're not selling anything of your own <laughs> other than your reputation. You know, no, I did sell my own house last year and it was a nightmare. Oh, I was the wow. worst client I've ever had. But <laughs> Who were you? You were the worst I client? Was, I was the worst <laughs> client ever. Um, but yeah, no, we're not selling. Yeah. You're selling somebody else's like six to eight figure home mm-hmm. and that's got to be tricky so you're like you guys really have to hone in on your reputation because sometimes like things are discovered about the house that are not ideal along the way for sure um, no home is perfect and uh, we have to walk a fine line of you know obviously being ethical and transparent about things that are serious issues and and at the same time selling the property and convincing someone why it's a good... The, the reality of this business is we're not selling TVs, we're not selling cars. You know, I'm not going to convince you to spend a million dollars on something you don't want. Right. You know, it's more of like, you know, telling you all the things that you need to know, walking you through a process that's very, very complicated. And, um, and then the selling part is really the neighborhood. That's what we spend more time selling the neighborhoods than we spend selling the actual homes. Um, I'm sure I have clients right now that are furious 
that I just said that, but it's true. I mean, you know. Well, that's why you're in the hot seat today. Yeah. Because that's what we were talking about. Just, uh, right. We're going to take another break in a minute. Spend my life in the hot seat. <laughs> right. Um, when we come back in a moment, that's really what I want to talk about now is like, um, you know, New York City from your perspective these days as, as the person that's really selling the neighborhood because you have to, you know, you you were you were in it all before, and you knew the inner workings, right. and then like this big distance was created, and things things have definitely changed. Um, it's been amazing to watch. We should yeah, we gotta get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's do that. We'll take another break. We'll be back in a minute. Everybody, hang tight. Do you feel uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Everybody, welcome back again. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. The topic of discussion this week: New York is back. New York is hot. We're talking with Compass Real Estate Agent Tyson Lewis. He was on just over a year ago, right as things were just entering phase one or two, whatever it was, of the reopen. And now, uh, Governor Cuomo has cut the strings on almost all city regulation. Uh, the state of emergency has been lifted. A number of things have come with that. Some good, some bad. No more, no more cocktails to go. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. I know. I mean, it doesn't affect me so much because I. That's why you should own a, a restaurant a and a wine store, and a liquor store. I've heard that's a good idea. <laughs> Diversify. Diversify. You'll be ready for anything. But again, you can only own one liquor store. 
many bars and restaurants as you want, but only one liquor store. It is a good move. Yeah, it's a good move. Um, so yeah, the, you know, the other thing that that they're lifting <laughs> at the end of next month is the moratorium on evictions. They say. They say. They've, you know, they've renewed it many, many times. Right, exactly. I'm a little concerned about uh, what that's going to do to the city that we've come to uh, know again <laughs> after, after kind of being uh, reclusive for, for many months. But Yeah. I mean, I know that's not what we're here to talk about, but I will say, yeah, no, it's fine. you know, there, there are definitely two sides to this, you know. There are we do have, I have clients specifically who are landlords who pay their mortgage uh, with their two rental apartments and um, they've been really hurt by yep. tenants who um, have stopped paying uh, and it's been hard for people on both sides of it. So I mean, imagine, it's a very tough issue. Yeah, imagine you have a, a small a small you know <coughs> rental building and for it's been what sixteen months now. And you haven't collected any money on that? I mean, it, it doesn't seem to be widespread that people are just not paying, but it does happen. Yeah. It happens even when things are normal. And right. now it happens and you can't do anything about it, which is yeah, just wait. It's they, rough. They may, get, they may get that money back. Maybe, I don't know if there's going to be some sort of bailout uh, in their direction, the way that they, you know, they tried with the restaurant revitalization fund, which ran out quickly. Um, but they, they got some money to some people. But an, another side to that also is that... Um, the landlords that we work with, you know, we've had conversations about. Uh, they're 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 very skittish about taking on new tenants, right. even though it's a time when you want to be taking on new tenants. Right. But they're like, you know, asking more questions than ever before. They want to see more documentation than ever, ever before because yeah. they're concerned about getting into it. Everybody's nice when you're trying to rent an apartment, but it's what happens like three months in, yeah. you know, and so they're just really nervous. A lot of them are very nervous about, you know making decision to rent to somebody and what that might could mean down the road so so even more scrutiny on your financials and stuff uh, they, I'm it. sure they're probably asking right now if you're moving at, at this point like did you stay current with your with your previous lease mm-hmm. um, I have landlords who never asked for a reference they just kind of they never never wanted to know that, that are asking now please call the references please call previous landlords you know so people are being very cautious yeah so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens. Probably should have been all along. But there's a few things coming out. It's like, we should have been doing this. There are a lot of things that came out of this that probably should have been happening a long time ago. Yeah. New York is a city for for how progressive it's supposed to be. Oh, it's very backward in many ways. Yeah. I mean, any, any of these attorneys who have been doing business in a very archaic fashion until now will tell you that their business has been vastly improved by being able to do things remotely. Yeah. That they've been doing in the rest of the country for a decade. And... Packing everybody in those old courthouses and government buildings—it's awful. And you know, it's places. like the best technologies come out during wartime, right? Yeah, because right. it's like pressure breeds innovation. And yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. So you know, as I was saying in the last segment, you know, you you have to get to know all these neighborhoods, and and you have to to really you know <coughs> run around the streets, and and for a while nobody really was, and and now the the market is you know, everything's back open, and the market's still like good and hot. How does how does the city look to you as a person who you know again you're a musician you you know going you know historically gone to, to venues and and you know that industry has taken a big hit really into food and, and beverage but now also fitness like what are you seeing um, now as compared to like two summers ago two years ago 
I don't know if it's just because of of what happened last year, but it seems busier than ever in every sector to me. I haven't done a lot. I haven't seen a lot of any um, indoor live music yet yeah. since this. In it's fact, happening. I might go tomorrow night to Mercury yeah. Lounge, nice. so it'll be interesting to see. Um, but I'm seeing, you know, a lot of bands and musicians that I know like are starting to book shows yep. and are feeling comfortable with that now. And so, um, uh, ball games or like you know, ball games. People seem to be. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of pent up energy. Yeah. So I don't know if some of this is just that people just trying to get it out of their system and it will calm down again, probably a little bit. But I think that you know, not to be corny, but I think a lot of people just realized what was important. Yeah. You know, by missing it for a year, I think a lot of people, you know, got a, people get very cynical and jaded in New York City. We've all seen it all. We're all so tough. Yeah. We all see yeah, it. Yeah. But you know, and you can go to any museum you want and see like you know and see any music you want. And you got all the best food in the world. And you got all the, until it's taken away from you, and then and then it's like wow. I mean, we were all saying you know I would just get killed. I don't even care what band it is. I'll just take me to something. Just I don't even care what it is. What is I want to see real drums. I would, you know, what I I don't know if you remember when when I was able to sit in here for the first time. I almost like kind of started. I got a little choked up because yeah, I was yeah. like, oh my god! I, don't, I was like, this could be a terrible. It's not. It's an amazing restaurant, but I, I don't even care. I'm just so happy to be. And and I think that um, maybe some of that is translated into people being still people still seem to be a little more tolerant of each other. Because they're all happy. Yeah. I'm sure that'll go away soon. <laughs> <laughs> Especially here. I've noticed already, um, you, you didn't mention traffic patterns, so I drive oh. everywhere. Oh. Traffic is, is more insane than it's I ever remember before. And so we bought a car in the middle of all this. Yeah. I hadn't owned a car great in 15 idea. years. <laughs> well, it was a great idea in January because there was almost no traffic. Right. But now it's like, it's crazy. A friend of mine posted something on Facebook. He's a He's a... A really well-known drummer, and he'd moved. Uh, he's from LA, and he was gone for a better part of the last year. And he came back, and he has a car because he's a drummer. He's got to lug gear around and everything. Yeah. And he, he just was like, literally, like, did something happen while I was gone? Like, I've never seen so much traffic. Well, nobody wants to take the train. Nobody wants to take the train. So there's those people that now have cars, or people right. that bought cars during the pandemic, and they're like, wow, I like this. Like this Brooklyn, Brooklyn traffic, I think, is the worst right now. Crazy. Like you can get into the city and and get around there. I mean, you notice that I'm late for everything, right? So. <laughs> I, I've had to completely change my calculation for how long it takes me to get anywhere. No matter what I think it's going to be, like I should, I should really tack on another time. twenty minutes, yeah. half hour. Uh, it, it's, it, it is quite, it, it is insane. Um, and the tolerance for that seems to have gone away already. Yeah, uh, I've seen some crazy things the last few days. But well, a lot of accidents. I don't, yeah. Like three times, there's been like three car pileups here. Well, also, people that never own cars are now <laughs> learning to drive. <laughs> oh boy! And, and, and all the people with the city bikes who, who aren't used to riding bikes in the city, well, the, I think the, that should be illegal. Sorry, the rebels. Um, yeah, yeah. But um, but but the um, as far as as restaurants, uh, I mean, I go to a lot of restaurants and places that I could usually just walk in and sit at the bar and eat, which is one of my favorite things to do. I've been shut out of. Uh, here and you know in, in Manhattan and great for the restaurants uh, but it seems like people are a little more tolerant of slower service definitely um, I agree with I that I don't know if you yeah yeah people definitely and especially like you said people people realize what they valued and they take better care of that 
So if it's like your local restaurant and, and you really appreciate the place and you're, you appreciate the fact that they survived this and gave you, you know, refuge from your, from your often tiny uh, home or apartment um, during the middle of all this, uh, even now that things have kind of kicked back, you'll still be fine waiting a little longer than you would previously because, you know, everybody, everybody just did their best and it was, it was not easy and it's still not. Um, right. And, and I, hopefully, like, there's some things we mentioned earlier, like, that should have changed a long time ago. I hope that's one of the things that kind of stays. I mean, the cocktails to go would have been nice to keep to Cuomo. Just saying, come on, Andy. But uh, but that, that I hope, hope stays. If not, maybe they should write that in. Yeah. <laughs> make, that, make that a new mandate. Um, I, I would argue that one of the only neighborhoods that I see that is still just, like, kind of fucked up and weird is Midtown West, especially, like, around Madison Square Garden, where I now go almost daily to Hensel Gracie Academy to train. And it's, like, it's a weird... I mean, it was always, like, creepy, you know? Like, Penn Station and Port Authority was always strange. Yeah, it's... Um, it's, like, extra creepy right it's, now. It's sketchy. Right yeah, now. There's, it's like the 80s again. <laughs> There's so many commercial vacancies, and I don't know what's going on in the high-rises in terms of that office space, but it seems like there's definitely fewer businesses, fewer people on the streets. I mean, even, like, there are days where I'm there and I'm like, okay, it's packed. This seems, like, normal, but we're often coming out of there at, like, 8.30, 8.45 when people would be scrambling into the buildings, and it's like, you walk down, like, 32nd Street and there's only, like, a handful of other people. Um, and just so many, I mean, not for nothing, like, these are vacancies that probably should have gone, like, there's this empty Taco Bell that we walk by all the time, and I'm like, that should have been empty yeah yeah and and I think so some of those businesses that have gone away had very long leases and I don't I don't do commercial real estate in Manhattan very much if at all so you know someone else might be better to speak to this but my understanding is that you know a lot of these businesses have very long leases and so it's not like just because your business isn't isn't working right now it's not like you can just suddenly one day just like turn it over to somebody else. You have to go and find that person, you know. And, and who's going to take that rental space right now at this point? At, yeah, at exorbitant rates, and um, so right. And nothing happens overnight. And and you know, if you even if you found a space you wanted to rent as a and start a business, it's many many months before you can get it to where you want yeah. it to be to build it out. And I still think that that so many of those businesses survive off of the. You know, a lot of these these little stores like survive off of just the business they get from the one high rise residential building nearby. It's like their entire community. Yeah. And yeah. so, until we know how that looks, I don't think that I think we're going to see the, uh, that part slow to rebound. Right. You know, I don't. So you're saying some of these commercial spaces have like twenty year leases, and the landlord is requiring the previous tenant to find the replacement and not offering new terms on it necessarily. So they're, I know some. I'm land- sure that is happening. Right. I don't know for a right. fact, but that that you know your your lease doesn't just go away because right. it's COVID. Right. You know, it, and Taco Bell doesn't take a space unless it's a very long lease. Right. So you know. It, you know, around here in Brooklyn, you know, you might get a, a restaurant that'll agree to a five-year lease, but you're not certainly not any less than that because you're not going to do all your build-up and build a business and be part of the community only to give it up in two years. Well, people were doing that in like Whoa. 2015. I remember people would come to me and be like, "Hey, so this guy's got a he's got a space. I want to take it, and it's like a, a three-year lease." And I was like, 
are you talking about? Like, people, landlords were offering that up. To time. me, that seems a little. It's absurd. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're not even gonna. You're not gonna break even in three years. It's just not gonna happen. If you're a digital service, maybe, but then you don't need a space. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And people become. You need time for people to become accustomed to you being there and to being a fixture of that community. And yeah. so, um, so yourself. I don't know. You know. Got to prove yourself. Yeah. So the the commercial like retail restaurant that kind of stuff in this in Manhattan, I think, is going to be the longest thing. That is going to take yeah. the longest to come back. But that's that's just one neighborhood. Like I took the kids to, uh, they wanted to go to Soho to go shopping one day recently, and that was popping. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple, there were still some empty spots, but it was like jamming. I was like, like numbers I got. You know, you could tell there were a lot of visitors. And people who think that, what well, you were saying at the, at the top of the show about the obituary. Yeah. <laughs> people have written New York City's obituary many times. It's absurd. As long as you are a, a center of business, of, of international center of business and, and culture and art and food, um, you know, it's always going to come back. Yeah. It, it might take a little longer sometimes, uh, but it, it's always going to come back. The, you know, there's this seminar that I look at. I, think I might have talked about it before. There's a, the history of New York City real estate sales since the 70s when they really began tracking these things. It's the the median sell price has gone up every year since the seventies, yeah. With a few little exceptions, and it was right. like you know, two thousand eight, you know, yeah. stock market crash or dot com bubble burst, and then all those cases, the market rebounded like stronger within two years than yeah. what had been previous to the event. So I don't know what what would have to happen. I mean, the UN leaves like the you know I mean, what would have to happen for New York City to not be um, a great place to live when yeah. some when some one sector of the population decides it's not for them it gets replaced by something else when the market was in crisis in 2009 and real estate prices really did plateau a little bit we saw and people couldn't get mortgages unless they had like stellar credit right. um, we saw a different type of buyer come in and start buying things you know what what would have to happen New York does not stay down for long no. it's just and we're tough and we're going to talk about that when we come back because <laughs> Tyson's tough We'll be back in just a minute, everybody. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. 
Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back. So we were just talking about how New Yorkers are tough, and uh, Tyson here has gotten tough huh. through the pandemic. He started taking Muay Thai. He started. He learned how to fight. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. I don't feel tough when I'm <laughs> dripping sweat and barely able to. Looks tough. He looks up. tough. Um, what What really brought that about? Um, you know, in the middle of all this, you're like. I got to do something. I got to get healthy. I got to. Will you make it sourdough bread like everybody else? I've never made sourdough bread, I mean, and I, I didn't probably make any, never will. I but never, I didn't make any bread during this whole time. I didn't. I barely ate any either. Um, I think, like a lot of people, I did probably drink more alcohol during COVID. You know, I had a lot of. I, <laughs> I was looking for like you know ways to entertain myself. I would have my Zoom happy hours like every day with friends. And I had my card game like every other day on, on Zoom. So it was a different drink. kind of bread. It was a yes. distilled bread. And so there was that. So and and the opportunities, you know, just being I wasn't out and about as much as I used to yeah. be. So I I was I felt myself putting out a few pounds. I wasn't feeling super healthy, um, and I just was sick of it. And so for me that was. And I'm not somebody who. Um, I need a little bit of motivation or structure to my exercise. Uh, I, I'll motivate for like a week and then I'll just stop doing it. It's, it happens all the time. I have so many little like exercise tools at home that I've ordered that I've never been used never for like three used. days. Yeah. It's so stupid. Um, and I just and I just wanted you know I wanted to like feel strong again physically and mentally. Uh, coming out of all what's yeah. happened last year, and and it was like. It really felt like a fresh start, and and I wanted to really lean into that with my personal health. But you did take on, you know, really monitoring like what you ate and drank. And, and trying you, to, you, I mean, you we talk about it often, and and it's something that you know you bring up often, and and that you didn't, you know, you don't have like a a coach for that, right? So it, no. some of this you definitely have like taken the the reins yourself and, and made it a priority. And curious as as somebody who's like really you know you, you're a hard worker you're constantly at it you, you got the you got the hustler entrepreneurial bug how has putting a focus on on your health um, affected you professionally? Interesting. Um, well, you posted something about it on Instagram recently. That's why I'm asking. Well, I certainly get up earlier. And when I get up, or when I get up, I feel better, <laughs> um, so I can kind of launch into my day. Um, I'm not able to remember the Instagram post that you that you're mentioning. It was after training, and you were like laying on the mat, and you were like something about just 
putting in the putting in the work, helping me be better. Oh yeah, well, I, I, I'm a very good real estate agent, but I also and uh, humble too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> totally humble. I was gonna say that, but he stole my line. Um, but I, <laughs> you, you know, I really do. And I used to be like really into this and like somehow along the way it just went my work took over and I just got carried away and I and I forgot I guess that that feeling physically healthy really does fuel my make me mentally healthy mm-hmm. and make me more focused and um, make me enjoy what I'm doing more I mean literally from climbing up four flights of stairs in a walk-up apartment to to you know waking up earlier and just to being more focused when I'm having conversations with people on the phone. Um, and so, you know, it's all part of it. All these things are interconnected. So I think that's what I was alluding to. Yeah. I don't remember what I wrote, but that's probably what I was alluding but to. But that's, that's, that's what I've been feeling lately. That's how it feels. Yeah. That's what I've been feeling. I mean, I, and, I, and I really, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this the other day. One of the things that we do when we're, when we're training is there really aren't, besides the gloves, and once in a while, a couple other equipments. It really, there really is no equipment. Yeah, I really like that. I like that. It really is about like doing stuff with your own body that makes you, that's making you better, as opposed to having a bunch of gadgets that you're, you know, that you need <laughs> whatever all that stuff. Yeah, I really, I really liked it. I really like it. So, um, well, the goal is really to empower someone to like carry it with them wherever they go, because ultimately people travel, people may move away. And, and I think the goal of, of fitness is, is, you know, that health equals wealth. And, you know, you were talking about getting up earlier and, and being able to, to just, like, bang more stuff out. You know, uh, are you familiar with Chaco Wilnick? No. Uh, he's a former Navy SEAL, black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um, big motivational speaker. Um, he's... Uh, He's been on Joe Rogan. He's got his own podcast. He does a he, he's on a bunch of other shows. Um, but d- d- keynote speaker and everything. And he he talks about that all the time. Like he's always posting, um, like on his Twitter and Instagram account, um, his his watch, which is his alarm clock, and he gets up at four thirty every morning. And he gets up and does a banger workout, and then he posts pictures of like sweat and blood around his kettlebells and stuff on the ground. And he's just like the whole point is like get up and get at it. Like no, nothing happens for you if you just like sleep in and stay in bed and don't get shit done and then like eat a bunch of shitty food and then drink your sorrows away. Like you just you reduce your your capacity for achievement. Um, and I'm wondering if that's like if that is uh, somehow motivating this for you. It is. That's how it feels. It is. It's not happening quickly, but it's happening. And I'm I'm a work in progress, like we all are, and I am definitely. But I'm definitely starting to see that, and and you know, if for me it's like I, I don't do everything. It's all about moderation, and so for me it's like if it means oh I'll just have one one less glass of wine and then I'll go to bed a half hour earlier. You know, yeah. Slowly that's getting me to where I, I want to be, which is a lot more productive and a lot more, and and not just and not just like muddling through it but actually like being on point with everything that I do and yeah. it's it's slow it's slow going for me because I do love just to sit at a I love to have a plate of pasta at a bar and have two martinis and you know but that's time that I could be using for something else and so I'm I'm, I'm working on it 
<laughs> and I think, like, for me, too, like, really, I tried to stay sharp this whole time and stay fit because I had this feeling that we're going to come out of this and it's going to be hot, like, today. <laughs> that, but that things would really be, like, things would really be popping and it'd be opportunity. And I think we all kind of sniff that, right? Like, there's, yeah. there's definitely, like, some, some chances to be taken and some, some big moves available. Um, but it doesn't happen if you're... If you eat pasta and drink martinis every night, <laughs> yeah, it's it, I got I got complacent for sure. I've always worked hard in my job, but I got complacent with what happened at the beginning and the end of the day. Yeah, you know, and and those are important times too. And right. and for sure, I don't know. This is some of this is going to bring me back to how I was at the beginning of my real estate career. It was about thirteen years ago. I was like the first one to get to the office every morning. I was the last one to leave. I had no business, and so I'm starting to do that. Well, I'm, I'm waking up in the morning. I started doing it a couple of weeks ago. I wake up in the morning, I look in the, off, in the mirror, and I go, you have no business. What are you nice. going to do about it? Um, and it just motivates you to like get that young, I'm still that, figuring out what I'm going to do about that it. Youthful, <laughs> that youthful fire. And that, but I think that's really like the goal of martial arts Like for me versus just like going to the gym and working out. Like Martial arts makes me feel like a kid again. It gives me that youthful energy, and that you know, you, you have that like that college football mentality where like I'm not pro yet. I got to go get this. That's how. That's that's what it does for me daily. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I wouldn't consider myself into martial arts other than what I'm doing with you, but yes. but at the same time, I can see how it's like. And you know, there's. I, I feel like it's probably the kind of thing where you never feel like you've reached the pinnacle of yeah, it ever. You never. It's kind of like golf. Golf is. It doesn't matter how good you are. You can always get a lot better. You still suck. No matter how good you are, you still suck. But golf, also the attitude golf is just is, like that. This is brutal. But the attitude. It's a, it's an attitude. It's yeah. not like I'm the best player or something. And the attitude is that you, you know, there's always somewhere to go from here. And um, you know, I think we could take that into business. That's it. That's it right there. That's, that's it. Let's wrap everybody. Well, thanks for coming on again, man. Thanks for having me. Nice to do this live. Yeah, I love like it. In person. I miss that big time. It's great to do it. So uh, stay tuned. I got another great show for you next week. I'm not going to announce anything just yet. You got to check out my social media to see what's coming up. This is going to be fire, too. So you guys have a great week. We'll see you next weekend. Peace out. you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Innings. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. 
Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 